0: today we've got a couple crazy stories of nuclear revenge against some bosses our first story of the day is i stuck my pervert boss inside an elevator after he fired my best friend all my life i've gone through the labor market working for jerk bosses upon jerk bosses some are obnoxious some are bullies some are unappreciative of anything you do and some Well, some are a combination of all these bosses and more. The crazy boss that stood out for me was my first. You know as they say right, you never forget your first. But I don't think that really applies to what I'm talking about here. I can never forget my first boss because, in addition to all his other flaws, he was a pervert and he harassed my female best friend who was also working in the company. When she decided to report him, he found a way to escape punishment and as if that's not enough. He decided that she was a threat to his standing in the company, and because of this, he fired her. Well, I couldn't just let him get away with all the evil he had done. So, I made him pay, in the only way I know I could hurt him. But, before I explain further, I'd like to start at the top. Let me tell you how I met my best friend, Maya. It was a week before the mid-semester test of the first semester of the final year of college, and I just had enough with my roommate Eddie. The dude was a die-hard fan of Nicki Minaj, or at least for that day. I honestly don't know which girlfriend broke his heart at the time, but he had the song Bed of Lies by Nicki Minaj and Skylar Grey playing on repeat since the day before. And it felt as if I had to listen to it one more time, I would literally go crazy. So I packed my laptop, my books, and phone, stuffed them into my bag along with some snacks, and I headed out. I didn't have an idea where to go, but I couldn't stay at home. So I wandered the streets for a time. Then I walked over to my coursemate Julian's apartment. That was a big mistake. Dude had a girl over and they were, um, getting crazy. I left Julian's in haste and scrolled through my phone for any friend whose place I could study. I got a few options, but when I called them, they were either out of town or busy. Completely frustrated, I sat down on a park bench. To think, the mid-semester tests were fast approaching, and I've not been able to do any studying because I had a part-time job that runs a lot longer than the part-time I signed up for. That week was the only free period I had, and I couldn't waste any time. I scrolled through my phone one more time when it dawned on me that I could use the school library. Now, I've never been a fan of libraries because I find the rules too stifling. I like to have a snack whenever I'm studying. That mouth activity helps me keep awake, even while studying the most boring of courses. I couldn't go long hours of studying without a snack, and that made the no food in the library rules somewhat inconvenient. I didn't have a choice though, so I made my way to the library. I got there and made my way to a corner of the library It was kinda secluded from the main area, and I liked it immediately. As I moved closer, I saw someone seated in the window seat of the table. She looked really surprised to see me. Okay, maybe surprised isn't the right word. I think shocked summed it up better. As soon as I walked to her side, she placed a book over something. I found that really weird, but I said nothing. I smiled politely, then sat beside her. I pulled open my laptop and started my studying. After a while, I felt that her eyes were still on me. I looked at her, and she was looking back at me with narrow eyes. After a while, she leaned in closer and said something like, ''You're not the librarian, right?'' I gave her an odd look and then shook my head. She heaved a sigh of relief. She looked around and then leaned in again. She asked me if I could keep a secret, and I nodded slowly. Then she hesitantly pulled off her book from the stuff she seemed to be hiding. My eyes widened as I saw what it was. The girl had managed to sneak in a whole bag of Cheetos. I wanted to laugh, but that would just attract the attention of the librarian. I asked her how she did it, but she said she was a magician and could never reveal her secret. Eventually, I told her I would keep her secret if she was willing to share her bag of Cheetos. She agreed and we continued to read in silence, eating from the same bag. The next day, the same thing happened. I went to the library, to the same spot, and she was there with another bag of Cheetos. This became kind of a routine for the whole week, and even when my roommate wasn't around and I had the apartment to myself, I'd still go to the library to look for Cheetos Girl. I didn't know her name at the time, I didn't ask. I prefer to call her Cheetos Girl. By the end of the week we left the library together and decided to walk together to our various apartments. That was when we got properly introduced. She told me her name was Maya, and coincidentally we were studying the same course, but she was in her third year while I was in my final year. I collected her number, and we decided to keep in touch. After the mid-semester tests, we started to hang out more often. Maya, who I still call Cheetos to this day, was a really special person. Funny, smart, selfless, and not to state the obvious, she was someone I'd have loved to date, but she was gay. Anyways, Maya and I got closer every day. She wasn't joking the first day in the library when she said she was a magician. She actually knew how to do some pretty magic tricks. Anyways, a few months after we met, I did my second semester final exams and graduated from college. I started an internship a few weeks later in an accounting firm in the city. It was actually fun. Well, for the first few months I was there, The COO of the firm fell sick 4 months after I resumed and it was so critical that he had to step down. A new COO was brought on board and this new guy made a once exciting job, really stressful and annoying. On a second day in the job he fired two people and suspended one person. Why you ask? Well, because the day before, on his first day, he announced that he was claiming one of the elevators for the executives only. This wasn't a strange concept, as it was a common thing with other firms, but it had never happened in ours. We were all used to going on any of the two available elevators, and some people were not able to just change at once. Two of the interns forgot the new rule the next day, and they both got fired at once. One of the senior accountants also broke the new rule, and the COO also considered firing him, but he eventually decided that it would be a hassle to find someone of his experience, so he opted to suspend him for two weeks. I made sure to be as incognito as possible and just blend into the background, away from his view. This was surprisingly easy to do because he seldom spared the guys a second glance. All he seemed to be interested in was the women, especially the young, attractive, and seemingly easy ones. It didn't take long before a rumor started to circulate through the office that he was a pervert and was harassing the female staff. Of course, nobody came forward to formally report him, and anybody that did spoke against him was promptly fired. The COO was smart, though. He didn't go after the full-time workers, the senior and junior accountants. He went for the interns because they were easier. None of these things affected me directly and since I was staying incognito I made sure not to get too close to everything. This worked for a few months and eventually I became a full time staff of the firm. My incognito status changed when Maya joined my firm. Maya and I kept in touch all that time that we were separated. Sometimes during the weekends I would go back to the college to visit and we'd hang out. A full year after I graduated and started to work in my firm, Maya also graduated. And I made her write an application in my company, probably the greatest mistake I've ever made. I helped her submit her internship application, and a few days later it was approved and she started an internship position at the company. I realized my mistake on her first day. At work, the COO couldn't keep his eyes off her. I mentioned that Maya was really stunning, didn't I? Well, she was assigned to the Treasury Department, and I thought for a moment that she was going to be safe there. But she wasn't. Every day, the COO would walk over to the treasury office and ask for Maya by name. He would make her fetch his coffee, answer his emails and print file companies, even though he had an assistant of his own. I knew he had something under his sleeves, and I had to warn Maya to be careful while with him. Maya, being the newbie she was, didn't understand what was going on, and she told me it was fine, and that he was actually kind of nice to her. His Mr. Nice Guy attitude vanished one day after work, everyone else had gone home, me included. I had to leave early because I wasn't feeling too good. Maya was still in the office, finishing up some work. He invited her into his office, and after a few minutes of chit chat, he formally asked her out for drinks. She declined politely and told him she wasn't interested in guys, but the COO didn't seem to understand the concept of the word no. He walked over to the side of the desk, then tried to kiss her. Maya was quick enough to spring up from the chair and race to the door. She called me as soon as she got out of the building. I could tell that she was really scared. That she couldn't even sleep in her place that night. So she came over to my place. After talking into the night about what happened, she decided that she was going to report him to the disciplinary board. I felt like it was a bad idea because the COO was good friends with most of the people on the board. The CEO was his elder brother for crying out loud, but I supported her regardless. She reported the case the next day, and a disciplinary meeting was held. They asked Maya a series of questions, the important one being, why was she still in the office after hours? They also asked if there was any witness that would corroborate her story. There was no one. Even the security camera that would have shown her running out of his office was disabled, and therefore... There was no footage to show they couldn't rule in anyone's favor so they let them both go with a slight warning in the following days the coo began to treat her badly a bid to frustrate her into leaving the firm herself he didn't want to fire her directly because then she could sue him for workplace bullying or something like that he'd made sure she had the most work to do every day and he still made sure to yell and humiliate her whenever she made a slight mistake Maya, who was once vibrant and full of life, became sad and depressed. And when I just couldn't keep seeing her that way, I told her to quit. When she did, I swore to myself that I was going to get revenge in her stead. I started to plan immediately, and I soon learned that there was little within my power that I could actually do to him. He seemed untouchable. Not for long though, I started to speak to other workers in the firm. It's funny how not even one single person in the firm liked him. Soon enough, I learned from one office assistant that he had a slight problem with claustrophobia. He could be in enclosed spaces, but not for long. That information was the first falling domino that set my whole plan in motion. I recruited a bunch of workers in the firm to help me with the plan. Even the building's maintenance guy joined in. We decided to carry out the plan on any day apart from Friday. We didn't want him stuck in the elevator over the weekend we decided to carry out the plan on a tuesday when he was the only executive around during the close of the day the coo started to leave the office when an office assistant bumped into him she was quite pretty so he didn't mind unknown to him she stole his phone from his side pocket and dropped it in his office to make it look like he forgot it next when he entered the elevator going down The maintenance guy did his thing with some electrical cables and stuff. Long story short, he caused an electrical surge, which made the COO's elevator stop between floors. When this was done, the rest of the staff still around started to disperse one by one. We could all claim that we didn't notice his screams for help or notice that the elevator was damaged, since we weren't allowed to go near the elevator. The next day, during lunch break, one of the guys from IT walked into his office and pretended to find his phone. They then called 911 and the maintenance guy. When they opened the elevator door, the COO was in really bad shape. His shirt was torn in odd places and his lips were chapped. He just lay on the floor in a pool of his own stale urine, shivering and looking into the distance with glazed, unblinking eyes. Worse than I'd imagine for someone that spent only 16 hours in the elevator. The paramedics took him to the hospital, and he didn't return to work for months. The CEO said something about PTSD. I wasn't paying attention. Anyways, when he returned five months later, he was completely changed. He never harassed anyone again. It was as though he knew some of the staff had something to do with the incident. He didn't accuse anyone, though. There was no evidence, and he would only sound like a crazy person. Till today, he still good. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash, StorytimePod. ...goes to therapy. I'll tell you what, all that has to be is one person that does not do well in tight spaces, and this guy could probably go through the whole gambit of emotions. Our next story is... I told my boss's husband that she was cheating to get back at her for taking my money. I don't think they still make people as self-centered and petty as my former boss. Working with her was extremely difficult. Luckily, I got my pound of flesh before finally quitting. When I first moved here, I moved in with my aunt's family. My aunt and her husband are both domestic workers for a very wealthy and influential family. They were very dedicated to their jobs and had worked there for a very long time. They worked for such a long time that they became secondary members of that family. I knew I needed to get a job as soon as I came in. I had to save money for community college and my aunt and her husband couldn't help out. They were already doing me a huge favor by letting me come in to live with them. They also have two children, a set of twins, who they wanted to have the best lives. Their hands were full, so I needed a job. I planned to work for two years, save up, and then go to college while still working shorter hours. My work permit was taking too long to get approved so i couldn't get employment for a full month my aunt's husband spoke to another employee in some other wealthy family living close to the family they worked for he said his employer wasn't looking to hire anyone new but he knew a family that needed a live-in nanny my aunt and her husband broke the news to me one evening after they returned from work i was happy but still worried that since i didn't have my work permit yet I wouldn't get the job. I was scheduled for an interview in the house of my prospective employer on a Monday morning. My aunt drove me to the house before driving off to work. The family I was to work for lived on the same street as the family my aunt and her husband worked for. The area was no doubt for the elites, but the house the interview was supposed to take place in was a lot smaller than most houses. The other houses had gatekeepers and were huge. The house was relatively smaller, short fenced and had no gatekeepers. For some reason I believed that I would have a better experience working for that family than working for a strikingly rich family. One of the vital lessons I learned from that job was the idea that all rich people are bad and the poorer the nicer was a huge farce. My boss and her family were not half as rich as the people she lived around, but she was nasty and extremely difficult. I rang the bell and a small beautiful woman showed up. She was wearing a yoga outfit and was sweating a little on the forehead even though she was working out she had on bright tomato red lipstick she looked at me and then looked around i looked around confused hi i she waved me and not saying anything their house might look modest on the outside but the interior was a lot more exquisite and expensive they had all sorts of paintings that i assume were expensive in there their furniture was gorgeous too a man who I was certain was at least 10 years older than her, turned out to be your husband, climbed swiftly down the stairs with a big smile on his face. Hi, he extended his hand for a shake. I shook his hand, smiling back. The husband was wearing a nice suit, and I figured that he was just about to leave for work. Let me change and get back downstairs, okay? The wife said, hurrying up the stairs. Her voice was quite thick for a very small woman. Her husband ushered me into a small living room and sat on the couch, opposite where he'd asked me to sit. His wife soon joined us, wearing an oversized t-shirt and still sweaty. How long have you been in the country? You don't have a work permit, do you? I opened my mouth to answer her question, but I was too shocked to even say anything. Honey, her husband cautioned. She says, well, I need to know. She turned to me and said, do you? I found my voice. No I don't. I've been around for nearly two months. They say that's something we can help you with said what she says my husband can pull strings to hasten your work permit wow thank you i was saying but she interjected of course that will only happen if we decide to employ you her husband asked me about my experience caring for children when i was done answering his questions he stood and announced that he'd be leaving me with his wife i have to hurry off to work you can talk to my wife about benefits and remuneration I felt a wave of sadness when he left. I knew I would cut myself a better deal with his presence. I want to live-in nanny, she said as soon as he left. I say, I understand that. She says, I hope you don't think we're like the millionaires on this street. We can only afford to pay you so much. You get to stay in one of the guest rooms. My child is four. I need someone to stay around and watch her while I make time for myself. She paused and then asked, do you clean? I say, excuse me? She says, can you clean? I'm asking if you can take on the role of a cleaner alongside your role as a nanny. You won't have a lot of cleaning to do, though. We have a cleaner, but she works thrice a week. Is it okay to do the cleaning when she's not around? I thought about it and shortly agreed. I needed the job, and she was willing to help me get my work permit. I figured it was a good deal. The interview went well. I know I may have issues with my boss, but I tried not to think about it too much. My aunt started out as a nanny for the family she worked for. The children had all grown into adults, but she remained in the family as the housekeeper and manager. My aunt gave me tips on how to handle a problematic boss, and the week after, I was set to move into my employer's home and be their new nanny. My boss lied about so many things, and as you may have guessed already, the first lie was promising to hasten getting my work permit. Not only did she keep promising to do so and never did, But she also kept me so busy that I didn't even have the time to follow up with acquiring my work permit. She also lied about having another cleaner. She didn't. I had the job of both a cleaner and a nanny. Never mind the fact that my job description read Nanny. When I told my aunt about remuneration, she noted that it was too meager. You're about to be severely underpaid, she said to me. I mean, we are mostly underpaid, but this is too much. I told my aunt that the family wasn't as wealthy as the families on that street and she scoffed. So, they can afford to live in that area, trust me that's a huge deal. My boss worked from home, she had an office where she worked and while she worked I looked after her 4 year old son. Even when she wasn't working I was with him. At some point I wondered if she simply didn't like her son. She seemed to not like spending any time with him. Her husband was mostly away for work, closing one deal or the other. Whenever he was away, she always had a guest come in at night. A tall, dark, young man, well, just as young as she was. She would let him in at night, and they would go up to her bedroom without him saying anything. I saw them together on some nights whenever I was up doing some studying or just reading for leisure after the day's work. She never bothered to hide the fact that she was hosting a strange man. He even walked into the kitchen on some nights to help himself to some water or juice. She didn't let me see them doing anything illicit though. She just received them at the door and then they left for her bedroom together. Sometimes they went into the other guest room. My culture was different from theirs so I assumed that she had a sort of arrangement with her husband where she was allowed to see other men. I figured that was what was going on since she was very open about it. My aunt had filled my ears with tales of how married people around operated open marriages where the couples are allowed to date and hook up with other people. I thought that was probably one such case. Well, it wasn't. After spending three weeks away, her husband returned and they argued a lot. I didn't know what they were arguing about. I tried to stay away from the scene, especially since I was always with their son, and I didn't want him to watch them fight. Eventually, I found out her husband had been accused of being unfaithful in their marriage. On one of such days, He swore to fine and kill whoever it was that she was cheating with. I minded my business as my aunt had advised me to before I moved in with my employers. Her husband went on another trip, and my boss went back to being difficult and mean. She had a group of friends, also wives of rich men who lived in the area, and whenever they were around, she would yell at me, tell them I was stupid and slow brag about how loving her husband is and swear that she couldn't wait for her husband to sell the house they lived in so they could move into a condo. Oh, some of these women do that, my aunt said to me when I told her about my boss's condescending behavior when her friends were around. She's trying to show these women that she's in charge. I wouldn't be surprised if she's not from money. She probably got married to her husband and came about money for the first time. My aunt was right. One of my boss's friends visited her and I eavesdropped on their conversation. She revealed to her friend that her husband had cheated yet again. He cheats all the time. I'm glad you took my advice and got yourself someone too. Why not just leave him? She said leave him? Are you kidding? I can't leave him and I certainly can't leave all these. I know you judge me but I enjoy not having to worry so much about money. I was learning to cope with my boss's difficulty, condescension, insults around her friends, and her general annoying behavior, but I was soon pushed to the wall when one day I found out that she'd been stealing from me. Her husband had been giving her double my salary but she would split it in half. Her husband didn't even know she was paying me so little. It suddenly made sense to me why she only gave me the cash and never a check. I always thought that she did that to protect me since I didn't have my work permit yet. I was so naïve and stupid, thinking of how much I could be making and could have made. How much I could have saved for college made me cry. For three days I went about it with a long face, but she didn't even notice. How did I find out about the salary? I was cleaning the living room that day, when I found a crumpled piece of paper. Normally I'd have just picked it up and thrown it in the bin or let the vacuum cleaner do its job, but I curiously picked it up and unfolded it. It was a list of the family's expenses for the month. I suspected that it was a list my boss wrote out for her husband. It contained groceries, bills, and my salary. The actual amount I ought to get paid. I took a day's off to my boss's irritation and went home to my aunt. After explaining what had happened. She made me PROMISE to ask my boss about it. You can't just let it go. You do everything for this woman. From chores to running errands to watching her child. You have to ask her. My aunt also went out with me to see if I could get my work permit. Luckily, I was assured of getting it soon. When I asked my boss what was going on, she rolled her eyes. You don't have a work permit, so sit this out. We're doing you a favor by employing you in the first place. I was shocked. I don't deserve this. I was close to tears. She said, honey, things don't just happen because we deserve them or not. You can negotiate for a pay that's a bit higher than what you're getting, but there's no way I'm letting my husband pay you so much. You just came to this country. Don't be so greedy. Her son cried, so she glared at me until I ran up to get him. I knew the best way to get back at my boss was to tell her husband about her infidelity. She probably sensed that too because the next time her husband went away, she waited until I was asleep before the other man came in. I thought that they had stopped seeing each other until I woke up one night and heard their giggling from the other guest room. The next day, I rang her husband's office. They gave me his work contract as soon as I started working for them in case there was an emergency. I thought of how my boss underestimated me. She somehow didn't even think that I would think of mentioning her boyfriend to her husband. She went out with a couple of friends the next day when I called his office. I lied that I found some documents while cleaning the guest room and I was wondering if they were important to the guest who was with my boss the night before. He struggled to understand me at first, but then it dawned on him that a man had been in the house. He quizzed me about that man and I gave him a description acting like I was doing that innocently. He then asked for the time the guest came around and thanked me. Well, that night my boss received her night guest as usual only that this time her husband came in at midnight and busted them. Funnily her husband didn't reveal who had revealed her infidelity to him and she never confronted me about it. She probably didn't think I could do that or she didn't care enough to ask. I left their home and things got very messy and they started talking about getting a divorce. I mean, although OP reported the infidelity, I'd like to have seen what would have happened if OP went and admitted that they were getting underpaid by their boss. Maybe the husband would actually still give OP a lot of money that they were owed. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. Now, if you want to hear another absolutely crazy story of revenge, check out that video on the left. Or if you missed my latest video, check out that video on the right.